Welcome to the Off the Hinges podcast, a podcast hosted by two guys that you've never heard of. I'm Marcus. I'm the second guy, Brandon. And due to the call of arms, if you will, of last week's podcast, I had to start dodging cameras as I left my house. Granted, there were security cameras. And also speaking of that, we have launched an Instagram. Now you can find us on Instagram. Our page name is Off the Hinges. And so far, we are cooking pretty good on that. So thank you, everybody that shared. Please continue to do some. Uh, get the word out. Let everyone we're doing this. And we're going to make it a great show. This week on deck, we are talking 9-11. We got to go there. I'll tell you, we got to go there. Me personally, obviously, this affects everyone. But me personally, I mean, that was the summer I graduated high school. So... What a world before 9-11 and after. What a prolific event. That was, and the same as you, that was our Pearl Harbor, truly. Do you remember where you were on September 11th? I do. I had just graduated high school. I had just signed up for the draft. Okay. Because you got to once you become of age. I just turned 18 in June. Just graduated. I was working radio. And I can remember that I got a call from my grandmother. I, I was working a, a later shift in radio that day, and she had called me and, and said that we're, we're under attack, and they just hit New York. And I said, holy shit, who, what, when, where, what, turn on the TV immediately kind of a thing. There was no smartphones way back when, but you crank on the old TV, and, and yeah, I mean, every, every network, everything was at a complete and total standstill. And I, I went into work that day uh, a little bit later on to do my, my, my radio show. And I was working a seven to midnight shift on a, a classic rock station here in the area. And it was somber, man. Everybody was gathered around the TV. Uh, we couldn't make jokes on the air. We couldn't play certain songs uh, that had anything to do with planes. We had to take out uh, Steve Miller Band, Jet Airliner, Rolling Stone Shattered. We wouldn't play those songs. Uh, we wouldn't play comedy bits. We could barely talk on the air. Everything was just, here's what's coming up. Here's the weather. Very somber. I'll never forget it. Don't you think that's really the last thing people should be worried about at that point? What's playing on the radio? Yeah, you'd think. Do you know where I was? I was just starting eighth grade, and I had an English test coming up that I didn't want to do, so I faked sick. And that was just... In my parents' bedroom watching TV when I see everything start happening. And I grab a video camera out and start recording it. My mom comes in. She's like, what's going on? What are you watching? What movie? And I'm like, this is real, bro. <laughs> yeah, truly. What, mo what crazy movie is this? But it was real. It seemed like a movie. Unforgettable. There's such significance here in this area western pennsylvania where i am now because of the the flight that was in shanksville so that's even more salt in the wound you know there's there's local significance to that as well so and I, i've been to the 9-11 crash site in shanksville 
very somber. They, they've really done a great job in turning it into a national park over the years. And it really is a beautiful, a beautiful site, truly. I've been there many times. But still, here we are coming up on almost the 20th anniversary of that day. And more questions than answers to this day. And there are still many things that were, I guess, never looked into, I guess, swept under the rug. And a lot of things in many people's minds that don't make sense. The problem is, is that there's always more or less an understanding of we're only going to tell people what we want to tell them. And we're only going to give our narrative to go back to the famous historical saying that history is written by the victor, right? And when it's looked into, you start seeing connections that were there and you end up going down a pretty big rabbit hole. Do you think the leader can come out and tell everybody the truth all of the time? Mass hysteria. Especially if you go down the rabbit hole that these leaders, quote unquote, were behind actually what happened. Of course, they're not going to come out and say, here's what we did. <laughs> Why would they? That's blown the cover off of everything. So what's your opinion on the whole thing? Real, fake, travesty, either way it is. But what do you think is really not being said? I think it's a, uh, it, to combine those words, I, I think it's a real travesty with a lot of fake information, a lot of fake misinformation. And now this is good because we're almost, it's unbelievable, we're almost 20 years away from the event. So now this, this is so good because this affords us a different perspective. Now that things have cooled down to an extent and in no way are we disrespecting anybody who lost somebody, family members, the utmost respect for them. That's why I do this research and that's why I look into things like this so so feverishly, I guess, because there, there were so many people hurt and affected by this. To not dig to the bottom of this and get all the answers that you can find, I think that's the real travesty. That's the real act of disrespect to any victims of family members is to not seek the truth because that's what they deserve. So anything that we say on this show going forward, disclaimer right now, totally for the victims, families, totally feel for you. I mean, to the extent that I can, I didn't lose anybody, I've, I, but I have nothing but respect for them. And I would do this work and have this conversation in their honor because th this is what they deserve. But there are a lot of things that don't add up that day. I think any victim would tell you that. A lot of things that we saw that day, even to this day, just don't make scientific or logical sense. I think that what we need to do here is promote facts. I always tell people, whether you're on one side of the story or the other, take away the far sides and live in the middle. I use that with everybody, with your friends, with your political views, everything. And, and we need to keep this going here. Uh, promote the facts and you can make your own decision and form your own opinion on it. Don't listen to what other people tell you all the time ever, except for us. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're awesome. Amen to that. But facts, I love the quote that facts don't care about your feelings. They are what they are. So there's nothing political about facts. There's no hidden agenda behind facts. Facts are what they are. And uh, like you said, I, I'd like to just 
maybe discuss some of these facts, present them, and have people draw their own conclusions and say, hey, look, does this make logical sense? When you remove the emotion from the event and you remove all the, the things, the stigma, blah, 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 the emotion, uh, everything surrounding it that, that's attached to it, take that away. Just examine the facts of what we're going to talk about. Pretend you're an alien from a different uh, planet. Say, hey, does this add up to you? And most of my 911 knowledge comes from literature. I had an English class back when I was a sophomore in college where the professor was just a straight-up conspiracy theorist. So don't worry, I didn't just take in his ideals. I practiced what I preach here, and we argued about stuff, but never got disrespectful. One thing that always seems to jump out to me in the beginning Right, you have Osama bin Laden's father, Muhammad, and he is the founder of the Saudi bin Laden group, one of the wealthiest families in the region. And his father, do you know how he ended up dying? No, killed by aircraft. Hmm, the pilot of that aircraft, American. Hmm, let me continue going down this rabbit hole. His brother's name, Salem. Salem. And Bush founded the Abstergo Energy, an oil company based in Texas. That's by Bush, I mean George Bush. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, do you know how Salem died? Some mysterious way. Killed in the U.S. in 1988, flying a plane into power lines on accident. Mm-hmm. So we got another plane death. That's his dad, His dad by plane, his brother by plane. Ironically, him not by plane, but caused deaths by plane. Few believe that's what happened that day. Mm -hmm. So the question is, do you think that's really what happened? What's your facts? Oh, I got facts for days. If we start connections, like you mentioned, the Bin Laden family, the Bush family, that goes way, way back. I will cite couple great sources here. I would say look at Loose Change. That's a documentary on the topic on YouTube. These documentaries, by the way, are becoming harder and harder to come by. Years ago, they were much easier to find, but now you see that the auto-complete on YouTube and Google, and they're not giving you these anymore. They're kind of shying you away from any conspiracy theory. I, I hate the term conspiracy theory because it makes you sound like you're crazy. How about truth-seeking? I think that's, that's more appropriate. But Loose Change on YouTube, highly recommend that. That really goes into the Bin Laden connection and the Bush connection and so on. But as far as the event itself, so many strange, strange events, strange things that just didn't add up. What site should we start with first? You want to start with the big one, the World Trade Center? Let's go with the big one. Check out the website. Got a great website for everybody. There's a group, and they are called Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. Website is ae911truth.org. Disclaimer, I'm not an architect. I'm not an engineer. These guys are, and they're saying something ain't right. Something is, is very much not right. We can take one step back and talk about the Bin Ladens, the Bushes, and the re- blah, 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 and, and the fact that uh, there were 
you know, no plane scrambled in time, uh, all, all these different facts that loose change goes into. Um, those are all not minor facts in my opinion, but I, I just want to talk about the physical, hardcore, get your hands dirty on the site, what happened and what was found or what wasn't found. These are the hardcore facts. So for architects for and engineers for 9-11 Truth, we're talking about the Twin Towers. We're talking about their collapse. We're talking about something very strange happening that they had all the characteristics of a controlled demolition. How many experts on here say that? These are architects and engineers that design buildings and blow them up for a living. And they're saying, this is exactly what this looked like, was a controlled demolition. They fell essentially in free fall, meaning there was no resistance. These towers were massively, uh, obviously huge, massively reinforced, obviously built to withstand the impact of an airplane. And they came down essentially in free fall. Weird fact number one. And we'll go on and on about that. Well, what, are, what are your two cents about the, the uh, Twin Towers? I think there's an obvious sense that the wool is being pulled over your eyes to some degree, right? I think the popular conspiracy theory is that there were charges placed around and the, you know, the airplanes were just, you know, the look over there as we detonate these charges to, to let the towers fall. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, is an airplane, would an airplane, an explosion from the fuel inside be enough to, to cause the damage? I mean, an airplane hitting that building? The airplanes hit the building at the top of the building. Why the hell would the building then collapse in on its own, number one? Even if the building did mysteriously collapse, it would fall over like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Go at home uh, right now, folks. Get some Jenga blocks out. Build yourself a little tower. Knock it over. Yes, but in order to do that accurately, you would have to take the base of the the Jenga blocks and reinforce them with bars that go into whatever surface you're using it on. You know, they have a foundation. Yeah, there's a foundation. How deep does it go to be able to hold that building up like that when it's getting constructed? Oh, yeah, the, the, the foundation went down a, a, a good several floors. And once the towers did collapse, they still found molten metal in the foundation many, many, many days after while cleaning this thing up. Still smoldering metal from jet fuel that isn't hot enough to melt steel in the first place, that doesn't burn hot enough to melt steel? What the hell was so hot that melted the metal? Jet fuel doesn't burn at that temperature. I mean, come on. That right there, we're meant to believe that these buildings collapsed due to fire. If that was the case, 
Those would be the only buildings that collapsed due to fire ever. And there was three of them that day, World Trade Center 1, 2, and Building 7. So every high-rise in the world, if there's an office fire because the secretary leaves the burrito in the microwave too long and she catches the building on fire, it's going to collapse? Okay, so just if we're saying that if you want to go the route that it was melted by jet fuel, again, this is, this is about facts, right? It's about facts. Jet fuel burns at 1,517 degrees. Fact. Steel melts at 2,750 degrees. Fact. So there goes that theory. Because it's scientifically, factually proven to be impossible. That's not a political statement. That's not a religious statement. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a scientific fact, folks. That's, <laughs> that's a fact of science and nature. Yes, but then you have to think, what is going to be hot enough to, to make that metal still smoldering to make the metal they found in the sub basements uh, days and days after still smoldering why did these buildings fall in free fall collapsing upon themselves perfectly perfectly in a pancake fashion that went down and down and down and you got to realize even if that one floor where the plane supposedly hit was still uh, hot enough to magically melt steel Okay, that floor collapsed. It's going to fall down on the next floor. Okay, but the building's still standing. The whole damn thing isn't going to fall down. It's one floor. Why would the rest of the floors fall down? And then fall down on their own footprint? So that makes zero sense. I think you're seeing a government that thinks the people living in its society are not smart enough to figure out that a plane tiny to the size of the building is big enough to take out that whole building. Let's talk about the plane for a second. Now let's realize, and yes, we'll talk about facts, but I'll, I'll give a little disclaimer when we're going down a rabbit hole or something that doesn't make sense to the eye. Those planes just melt into the building with zero resistance. What's a bug, a bug do when it hits your windshield? It splatters. Does it go through the windshield? You throw a rock at somebody's windshield, it bounces off. Does it just melt into the windshield? Don't you think the planes would have bounced off or exploded on mint? I mean, they just enter a steel building with no resistance? To the naked eye, if you didn't know any better, it almost looks like it's CGI. Well, I think most airplanes are made out of aluminum. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're hitting a, a steel building into aluminum, aluminum is one-third the weight of steel. Yes, the windshield is going to be a lot stronger than a bug's body, but there's still a splat. 
and even aluminum flying into steel would have crumpled itself like a like a, uh, a, a Pepsi can, it wouldn't have caused any significant damage to the structural integrity of that building at all, let alone, uh, okay, it's going to burn drywall, break out some windows, whatever. I mean, maybe bend a few steel beams. It's not bringing that building down, though. Why the hell would it? It's not. No, even the way those planes just mysteriously just melt into the building always seemed very suspicious to me. And I've read a lot about that. There are multiple theories that I've read. Again, we're, we're getting off the fact train, but multiple theories uh, of a CGI hologram, things like that, that are flying into the building. A hologram? A hologram that could be, could be broadcast. I mean, obviously the, the technology that we have commercially and the technology they have in the military obviously is way way more advanced than what we're aware of so some sort of invisible cloaked plane device broadcasting a hologram who the hell knows but it doesn't look right on tape it looks fake i wasn't there but i think you'd have a vast majority of people it's not like they're hitting a small city it's a large city sure people around there would have been like we looked up into the sky that day. We weren't seeing anything. Well, they, they can't get a projector with the – you wouldn't be able to pr- project something that far with, with technology that we have today to be able to make it that clear. And I think people would be blowing the whistle a little bit more if they were two blocks away that day at the same time and didn't hear an airplane going by or didn't see anything. I think everyone would be sitting around saying, what are we talking about here? That, that is something of a, a zanier theory. A, a more realistic theory, in my opinion, would be that an airplane was a drone, was an unmanned drone, possibly, that was just remote control. The thing of it is, airplanes fly themselves, right? There's a the thing, autopilots, autopilot. So if you took off somewhere and you had it set to that coordinates in the system, and then bailed out of the plane as soon as you were at altitude, the plane would auto-fly itself into that building. Oh, yeah. If it's on course, the plane doesn't know what the hell's ahead of it. So that plane itself, uh, again, like you said, that plane may have been autopilot. That plane may have been a drone. That might, uh, it may have been uh, a remote control. There may have been nobody on that thing. Who the hell knows? And you think that the phone calls that were supposedly met made by the people on board are just fake phone calls? How in the hell could a group of terrorists that had that were armed with box cutters? They stormed the cabin, took over the plane with box cutters? I think it's not only the box cutters. It it was the immediate threat of, of box cutters, but I believe that they also said that there was a bomb on the plane and that they would activate it if anybody tried anything. I mean, understandable. And that, when we get into what did or did not happen on those planes that day, I mean, that, that's, the ultimate, that's the ultimate rabbit hole and that's the ultimate shooting in the wind, in my opinion, because we'll never know. Because all the evidence, all the proof, all the everything, we'll never know. The thing of it is that all the evidence, all the proof can be manipulated into 
making it seem real. Oh, yeah. Just how like at Ground Zero, they found IDs of the terrorist at Ground Zero. So this was such a catastrophic event, the Back to the World Trade Center, that steel had melted. Nearly all of the concrete was pulverized to a fine powder. Oh, my laminated ID badge made it. But yet a laminated ID badge made of paper and plastic with a terrorist name, a simple smoking gun, somehow made it out and it was somehow discovered and given to the authorities. Perfect, isn't it? But what, are, what did or did not happen on the planes? I think that's the biggest, the hardest thing really to debate because there, there, there are so few factual pieces of evidence there. It really is hearsay at that point. Could those air phone calls have been faked? Sure. Could there have been anybody on that plane? Could have been an, an empty drone? Sure. I mean, you know, you see that they're getting text messages and they're getting phone calls, but there are a certain number of apps that I used to use back when I was in college pranking people. It would make your number appear different than what it was. I think the last time I used it, I was calling one of the guys I work with and uh, putting 666 up on his phone that was calling him. Mm-hmm. Those apps can make your number whatever you want. When that technology existed in 2001, of course it did. If you're just going based off of the facts of the airplane, you have that the airplanes could not take down those towers. What happened on the airplane, we do not know. What happened inside the buildings, we do not know. What I mean by that is if demolition charges were placed on floors that were on demand, you know, that we don't know. But if you go back and you listen to, there are countless tales, recordings of eyewitnesses, of reporters talking about all the explosions they heard before the towers fell. Plumes of smoke coming out of the windows to indicate demolition charges going off to melt or blow out the steel so it will collapse on its own footprint. But many, many people talked about explosions throughout the building, thinking a second plane had hit the building because those are the demolition charges going off to bring that building down. Then we go to World Trade Center. Uh, tower number seven was hit by no plane. Nothing hit it. Supposedly burning debris ignited the building. And again, for the third time on one day, a steel building collapsed due to fire. This building wasn't even hit by a plane, but it just collapsed. What the hell brought that building down? A fire? A fire's going to bring down a steel-framed high-rise? Hell, how many houses do you pass? You know, especially me in the city. How many houses do you pass that have been set on fire, but the, the frame is still standing? The frame's still standing. That, that house is made out of wood and drywall. Those things are wood. incredibly flammable. That's wood, not steel. The house is still standing, and then they go on and rebuild the thing. And the house is salvageable. And we're meant to believe that World Trade Center 7 burned for a few hours. I mean, down by fire, it'd have to burn for two years. To, but, but even then, the jet fuel wasn't hot enough to melt the steel. So how did that building collapse? Why did it collapse? Those are all questions that we, we need to be asking. Truly.
because none of that makes sense. None of that makes sense to any logical thinking human being. And none of that makes sense to any of the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. That's why there's a whole movement behind this because it just doesn't make sense. AE911truth.org, baby. Go on there, do your own research. That's all I'm saying. Do your own research, just like I did, just like you did. If you know an architect, ask him. Ask him, does that make sense to you? Make your own decision. And how about the fact that all the steel and all the evidence was shipped away right after, a few days after, they're hauling it away. That's the biggest crime scene in U.S. history. Rope the thing off. Do some investigations. Do some CSI. What the hell happened here? No, no. We'll just, we'll just ship it away and sell for scrap. Because you get rid of the evidence. Because if anybody would have seen all those beams cut, the molten steel in the sub-basements, none of those things add up. How the hell were these beams cut? Why is the concrete a fine powder? Pulverized. That makes zero sense. What really gets me going is the fact that you had selfless men and women with wills of iron in guts of iron that I could only aspire to be like these people that went into those burning buildings, climbed up the stairs, stories and stories, wearing gear, wearing fire gear, police gear, just to get people out because it was the right thing to do that day. Selfless individuals. God bless these people that protect us day in and day out. What Dave Grossman calls the sheepdogs of our society that are there to protect, that run toward the sound of the guns, that run into the burning building when everybody else runs away. Those men and women are the heroes. Those men and women and everyone related to them, family, knew them in any possible way. That's why we have discussions like this because what happened that day uh, is unforgivable. And every attempt should be made to uncover as much truth as possible for their memory, for that bravery. What should not be forgotten that day is, is what they did. The problem is, is that now people are done talking about it. They just look at you know, 9-11 and it's just dedicated you know, to our freedoms and dedicated to our will to come together as a group and for America. But you have to bring it down to who do that? Putting charges in a building where there are people working. And if that wasn't done by them, all the false flags said it would then need to be done by us. But yet there is no public outcry. Every bit on it is either getting thrown in as complete conspiracy theory material, or it's just thrown under the table as trash. I think we need to look at why this would be done. What's taken place since this has been done? Why did these things happen? What, what is the end result? Who is behind this? Look at what's happened since those events took place. Patriot Act, our surveillance state. You can be detained indefinitely, called a terrorist. Search for basically no reason. Look at the ensuing wars that took place. So we invade Iraq. In 2003, a country that had nothing to do with the event whatsoever. So an asshole over there had weapons of mass destruction, supposedly. 
join the club. So does every other asshole in some rogue state. Yes, but if it was over oil, if they tried to get the whole nation aboard the plan to to fight this country based off of 9-11, but really you're fighting it about oil, you have to explain why the Bin Laden family was entangled so much with the Bush family. If you wanted to kill people on our soil to really hurt American people, why wouldn't you start with the president of the United States that your father knows? We were at war with Iraq previously with daddy. Daddy went to war with Iraq. And you know who helped rebuild that from all the destruction? Bin Laden's father, Mm -hmm. Muhammad. He was put in contract by the United States to help rebuild. A lot of the money that they have came from the United States. Yet, they want to hurt us that bad, or is it a cover-up? Now we go into Afghanistan, searching caves, going into Pakistan, searching caves. Well, obviously, you got big drug trade over there in Afghanistan. You got some big poppy fields. Could be worth more than the oil fields. How about huge veins of iron, copper, cobalt? How about huge deposits of lithium that are supposedly worth over a trillion dollars discovered in Afghanistan? Lithium, batteries for iPhones, cell phones, Bluetooth, headphones. Sound familiar? Is that worth going to war for? A trillion dollar deposit? Why didn't China go after them? Well, Russia tried in the 80s. They learned their lesson. We should have learned ours and never gone in there. The longest war this country's ever fought. Was it worth it? You can look at World War II. I don't think anybody can look at World War II and say, was it worth it? That's a resounding yes. Would you agree? Yes. Can you look at the war on terror in Afghanistan? I'm not downing or dissing the men and women that suit up every day and suited up every day and went over there and did what their nation asked them to do. They followed orders. Amen to that. God bless those people. That's, that's the finest we have in society that are going to lace up the boots, go do what needs to be done. They're not asking why. They're just doing as they're told. My simple statement here is if you're going to enact this force to go over to foreign countries to do things like this, to fight against other nations and terrorist groups, I just hope to hell our motives as a nation were correct. That's all I'm saying, because the men and women that go and do that are the best we have in society because they don't ask why, they just go do it. And God bless them for doing it. But if any politician, government, whatever, is erroneously sending them off to do that duty, then shame on them. Their motives damn well better be moral and right. And again, I'm not trying to join the quote-unquote woke family, but I am to the point where you have to start asking yourself common sense questions. You're searching for facts. You're fact searching. There's a difference because I also think that the woke community, they get caught up in their own conspiracy theories. And speaking of things that don't make sense, speaking of fact searching, we still have two other sites, crash sites, groups of victims on that fateful day of September 11th. 
We got the Pentagon. We got a field in Shanksville. What I'll say about those places, zero footage of any plane hitting either site. Zero footage or very close to zero proof of any plane hitting either one of those places, the field in Shanksville or the Pentagon itself. The society we live in now, everyone has their camera out for everything. Zero footage. And they did in 2001. It was just flip phones. But still, flip they phones, had a you camera. Had surveillance cameras. You still had, it wasn't the freaking stone age back then. You still had people that could take pictures on their phones. But the thing that disturbs me is the idea that you can have two plane crash sites and at the sites, you have virtually no remnants or no evidence of a plane. Where the hell are the engines? These engines are massive, massive metal structures. They're not just going to vaporize into, into thin air. They're not going to bury themselves a thousand feet into the, into the earth. Google plane crash. Just Google that and look. There is shit everywhere when a plane crashes. There are suitcases, clothes, toothbrushes, plane engines, wings, metal parts, fins, all the above. My God, it's a debris field. It's unmistakable. But we're, we're meant to believe basically just a smoldering ditch in Shanksville and the same on the, the lawn of the Pentagon. Where the hell's the plane? The biggest smoking gun I can think of. Now, there are accounts of people seeing uh, some unidentified agents sprinkling okay. pieces of debris on the lawn of the Pentagon after the crash. The main theory here is that it was a missile. Is that it was a missile that was fired at the Pentagon. If you look at actual hole that's in the Pentagon, it's basically a hole. I mean, it doesn't look like a, a Looney Tunes, uh, you know, where Bugs Bunny runs out the wall and it's his imprint. It's a big old hole. So, okay, the wings sheared off in the fuselage, acted as a missile, and went into the Pentagon, which doesn't make sense to begin with. But, okay, the wings sheared off. Where the hell are the wings? They should be on either side of that big hole in the wall. They're not there. So where's the plane? These planes are massive metal structures. We just confirmed, did we not, that the jet fuel inside of the plane is not hot enough to melt the steel that it's made of. Yes, it's made of some aluminum, but you look at those giant engines, a lot of steel components. Where'd it go? Or was it never there? I was looking on some websites about photos of the planes you know, into the Pentagon, and... I found an article on Business Insider saying that the FBI released 27 photos of the Pentagon on 9-11. However, this article is seven years after. You mean to tell me with the amount of Photoshop talent and look at video games, people can make realistic stuff right now, right? So to release photos of it, saying that it was from that time, Seven years after is a little ridiculous. Seven years. You just said it. The two magic words, Photoshop. They've been working on it for seven years. It's like they're making the new Jurassic Park movie. 
you got CGI. I mean, that's photorealistic. I mean, if, if you showed a movie like Jurassic Park to an alien from another planet and you just said that here's a park we have on this planet, here's what happened one day, what do you think about this? There's nothing that's glaringly obvious that, hey, wait a minute, that wasn't real. It's so photorealistic, you'd never tell the difference. If you showed them a claymation video from 80 years ago and said, this is real, you could spot a fake. But technology today is so good. And especially with the power of suggestion, if you're being told by the government that you're looking at photos of a plane because you're believing the official narrative, you're not going to critically look at that photo. You're going to say, yes, that is a plane. Yes, okay, great. You're not critically thinking. You're just believing the narrative. And I think any victim of that event or any event deserves more, deserves critical thinking. They want answers, and they deserve them. And I hope that this conversation can at least open a mind or three and have you do your own research. Does this make sense to you? Does this add up? A lot of inconsistencies that day. And if anybody has any, any firsthand accounts, if anybody has any evidence, any photographs, uh, anything at all, please reach out. We got the Twitter page. We got the Facebook page. Please leave a comment. I'd really like to hear people's thoughts on this because one thing, my mind is very open about this. Again, God bless the families that were involved in this horrible tragedy. God bless all of the first responders that day, all the first responders today. And since then, before then, after then, uh, you're all cut from the same cloth. God bless you. And God bless all the people that, that went overseas to fight these people. Maybe they're responsible for it. Maybe they weren't, whatever. That's, that's a debate for another day. But they're just doing what they're told. God bless our people in uniform for keeping us safe. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, so we're going to have a brief moment of silence now for five seconds. Okay, guys, that is going to wrap us up for today. Next week, we will be continuing this conversation. We've decided that there are too many angles to look on this subject, and we want to continue with the other sites. And please come back for a part two and a big shout out to Marcus and a big thank you for being the show's producer, the show's editor, and doing some serious hustling online week after week. We really appreciate that, man. Now we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor FM, all those major platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Off the Hinges PC. That does not stand for politically correct because I don't think we always are. I'm more interested in facts than pleasing the powers that be. I think you'd agree with that. And thank you for listening, whoever you are, wherever you are. We, we certainly want to hear from you in today's digital age. Global community, please let us hear you. Give us your two cents. And please, if you can, we're just asking for you to share this podcast with one or two people that you think will realistically enjoy it. Get them on board. Get the conversation going. Get everybody on the process of starting to think for themselves. Lastly, I would like to thank my beloved girlfriend, Kim, who has 
hopped on board and started to pull a lot of the social media work. So thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Looks great. All right. Well, thank you. And please tune in to our part two to come next week. Again, we post episodes every Wednesday evening, so you can listen to it on your way into work Thursday. Please share, get in touch with us, and we'll see you on the other side.